Ben Chiloga, that uh, our top story certainly for today uh, is uh, the uh, president of uh, the country and the African National Congress uh, today meeting and engaging uh, white compatriots as part of our uh, continuous sectoral dialogues. Why is it necessary for the president, I guess, uh, to isolate and earmark the white community in this regard? Or, uh, indeed, after... 25 years in this democratic project, um, many of us would accept, of course, that not enough change has happened. And uh, uh, if indeed uh, the established economic interests in the white community continue uh, to be privileged above everybody else, then uh, one would argue that, uh, yes, indeed, many in the white community would have interests that uh, are, I guess, uh, peculiar and unique to them and would be different uh, to the black community. But uh, I guess even that requires proving. And uh, uh, the question we're asking ourselves this evening is uh, whether or not we should be engaging them separately uh, as a uh, interest group and as an entity. I'm joined now on the line by uh, Dr. Dale McKinley. He's a political analyst and he's also... um, He's also a uh, former uh, member of the South African Communist Party, and uh, he now uh, joins me on the line. Uh, uh, Dale, good evening to you, and thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Good evening, Ayabonga, and to your listeners as well. Dale, let's maybe start off here. And I guess, you know, many people would say, why are we up in arms? Why are we even asking some of these questions? Why are we even placing undue scrutiny on this particular matter when we know that uh, the African National Congress and the alliance that it's part of uh, is a non-racial organization and therefore, you know, can't be framed as a black organization or even as a solely African organization? Why is it that 25 years from now, uh, the ANC, as it uh, goes on its charm offensive, would need to extend an olive branch to the white community? Well, I think uh, they've gotten their tongues tied a bit. Uh, in, in many cases, you're right. On an official basis, of course, the ANC has always practiced, or at least said it's practiced, a non-racialism. But the reality, as you mentioned earlier on in our country, both socially, economically, is that we're still very much within racially sort of separate groups in many ways, both in terms of geographically. Uh, we still haven't broken down many of those barriers. Uh, and in terms of class, uh, if you look at, at, at people's class status, generally speaking, they, they do broadly go along racial lines. So the, the, the reality is we're still a very highly racialized society. But you have the ANC basically saying, look, we're non-racial, but, but we know that in these elections, and particularly in Hauteng, which has about a third of the electorate and a very large white electorate in particular, that we need to pay attention to that particular group. And so they made a very, whoever wrote that press release was, was, uh, should be sort of, I think, you know, uh, suspended or fired because it was a very bad mistake on their but it does show the reality of the situation is is that for in, in this case that the ANC or any other political party for that matter is going to speak to particular racial groupings in particular kinds of ways because they in, in our country in our country for the most part and there are some exceptions but for the most part racial groups sort of conform to particular class statuses mm. and particular social statuses and I think that's the reality of the situation even if we don't want to admit it mm. Dale what would you characterize as, I guess, the interests that distinguish the white uh, compatriots, as uh, the press release read, uh, from, I guess, all of us as South Africans? Well, I think you have to, let's, and this is where the class issue comes in. Notice where they're, they're, they're engaging the so-called white compatriots in Santon. 
So it's uh, rich whites. It's not just it's not a white in our person. continent. Dale? So I think when yes. So so you're suggesting that it's rich white people. It's not white people you would find. I'm I'm think I'm thinking here in this case that that they're addressing. They're not going to West Pretoria. Mm. They're not going to Frededorp. They're not going to where generally maybe lower middle class whites live and and maybe even some poor white people live or Afrikaners for example. Mm. They're going to where the heart of white corporate capital, which is Santon, mm. and they're speaking. So they're, they're speaking to where power lies and that's economic and social power. And that's no mistake. Uh, the, 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 the white population that lives in Santon, for the most part, has a lot of power and has a lot of influence. So it's not just about their individual votes. It's about how they can express themselves in many ways through the corporations, through the media, and through other, other avenues. So in that case, I think it's a, it's a complete mistake to, to say that just because they're going to Santon, this represents something of the white population. No, it's a specific sector of the white population. It would be the same as going into uh, areas, for example, in, in Upper Deep Cliff and Soweto mm. versus going to Sinawane sure. or, or into, into other places where the class differentiations are quite, quite you know, uh, I should say very noticeable, but you're talking to bla- a black population. You wouldn't say we're going to talk to our black counterparts. You would probably say we're going to talk to poor working class people, mm. for example. So in that case, I think the racialized discourse is a little bit misdirected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- talking about this particular matter of, of, of class, one does get a sense, um, you know, that in, in doing this in this kind of manner, uh, the ANC in many ways, I guess, has, um, would you suggest, given up on organizing the white uh, working class? Because one would think that uh, certainly in how the alliance is configured, one would assume uh, that uh, if indeed you had to say the class character of the people, rank and file of the ANC, would by and large be working class people. And uh, is this, uh, I guess, an admission to say, look, we're not wanting to go and organize the Afrikaners or the people in the west of Pretoria. We'd rather be more comfortable with, I guess, uh, the white, uh, um, you know, more affluent and upwardly mobile and liberal uh, groupings, many of whom, of course, uh, are either ANC members or have been historically been involved in the mass democratic movement. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, and, and let's be clear. Our president is one of that, uh, is a class member of that society. Our mm. president is a multimillionaire. And he uh, has, for the last 20 years, uh, besides his ANC politics and his ANC, uh, you know, position, has been uh, in the heart of corporate capital. And most of the people there he is, he works with and he's been with are white people. That's, and, and so I think he feels quite comfortable in that context, as, as, as I think many people who have joined the capitalist class or the, or the richer classes would do, irrespective of whether they're so-called Indian or colored or, or black or white or whatever the case might be. So in this case, absolutely, yes, politics is about power. And if you look at Kasatu, for example, uh, most of the, the white working classes joined, for example, Solidarity, Afri Forum, and all these other kinds of very specifically white organizations. So I think they have broadly given up on that. I think they're, they're speaking to the white middle class and upper middle class in particular, and of course, white capitalists, those very small, very rich people because the ANC understands power and the ANC itself was the one right at the beginning of this democratic transition in 1994 they cut the deal with those same white, white capitalists themselves so they have been in the same beds together for 27 years so they should know each other quite well. Mm. Talking about Class Dale before I let you go uh, let's talk briefly here about an uh, interesting development for me Launch today of uh, the uh, Socialist Revolutionary Workers Party yes. also happening alongside, of course, uh, the emboldening, I guess, of the capitalist class through uh, the uh, launch of uh, the ZACP rather than, I guess, the SACP. 
Yeah, look, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting that we now have, I mean, if you look at how many political parties have registered for these elections, I think it's a record number, uh, both regional and otherwise. But it's, it's good that we have this ideological diversity. It, it gives some color, I think, uh, to, to not only to the campaigning and to the electoral, uh, you know, trail, uh, but it also allows people to, to begin to say, well, are, you know, they're always saying there's no alternative to the ANC, uh, to the left of the ANC, so to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. the EFF would claim that space, but now here we have a very specifically socialist revolutionary workers' party, Erwin Jim, General Secretary of NUMSA, pushing this line. So let's see. Let's see how the, the ideological sort of radicalism translates into electoral politics. I I'm not convinced that they're mm. going to do very well. Sure. I don't think either of those parties will get very many votes, but it's good that they're there. It's good that they're making a contribution to the debate. The more we debate, the more people argue and, and do that, in, in a, and I think in a, in a way that allows ideas to be uh, new ideas and different ideas to be put to the surface, the more the stronger we are as a democracy. The worst thing would be if we were just stuck with two or three parties for the entire time of, of you know the next 20 or 30 years. And so I would hope that these smaller parties can make inroads and uh, enrich both the electoral terrain as well as the political process. We'll have to leave it there, Dale. I really appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much uh, for speaking to us this evening. My on pleasure. Nature thank FM you. Talk.